Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Draymond Green spoke for the first time since returning to the Warriors. Hear what he had to say about his future with the team. Plus, the regular season, can you believe it? It is only four days away, but John Morant is already ready to go. Musty highlights from last night. Perk and Zach break it all down for us. And Russell Westbrook set to come off the bench tonight, something he hasn't done since 2008. It's as if the Lakers were listening to one of our analysts. You can't play Russ, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and a traditional center at the same time. And I'm sorry if I'm being radical here. You bring Russell Westbrook off the bench. It's about the whole whole five-man picture. That's what we're talking about here. You asked for it, Zach. Uh, Russell Westbrook will be coming off the bench tonight for the Lakers when they play the Kings. Here with Janae Agumake, Kendrick Perkins, and Mr. Lowe. Folks, we're going to have plenty of time to break down all of the angles of the Lakers' decision, but we need to start with the reporters that broke the story. So welcoming in senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski and reporter Dave McMenamin. Adrian, I want to start with you here. What led to this decision? Uh, Malika, this has been a conversation that's been ongoing between uh, Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook, really since Darvin Ham uh, was hired in the offseason. And then I'm told that Darvin Ham uh, sat down with Russell Westbrook yesterday and prepared him for the idea that uh, he would come off the bench uh, tonight in Sacramento. And this may very well be a precursor uh, to an extended run uh, with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench and leading that second union, uh, second unit on the Lakers, having the ball in his hands, being able to perhaps play a little freer, a little faster, uh, is is the playmaker in that group, as opposed to, as Zach alluded to, in that starting lineup, uh, trying to fit in alongside LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, and the rest of that starting unit. A precursor. Hmm. Okay, so, so Dave, we heard it at the top of the show. Zach has been clamoring for this. Why does the team think this is going to work from a basketball perspective? Well, first of all, you have to take into account the trust factor between Darvin and Russ that's been established over the last five months, as Woj was alluding to. But beyond that, the way they constructed this team is different than last year. At times last year, head coach Frank Vogel considered bringing Russ off the bench, but he recognized that it's going to be a hard sell when the alternative was Talon Horton Tucker, certainly a young, talented player, but someone who is unproven. In this scenario, the Lakers not only have Pat Beverly, an opponent who Russ has a respect and a rapport with, but Dennis Schroeder, someone who was a former teammate of his, and Russ certainly knows what Schroeder is capable of. So it, the minutes that he'll be coming off the bench, he can accept who will be there in front of him. And also, this puts the ball in Russ's hands and allows him to have some ownership over the second unit, something that the Lakers saw some success with, with Rajon Rondo in the bubble, winning a championship. They view Russ as another veteran guard who can 
kind of put his stamp on that unit, similarly to the way that Rondo did. Okay, so Russell Westbrook coming off the bench tonight. But Dave, what can you tell us about the status of Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis started off media day this season, stating his goal to play in all 82 games this season. Well, in the preseason, he's only made half the games on the court. He will not be in Sacramento for the preseason finale tonight. It's continuation dealing with the lower back tightness. Now, this is precautionary. The Lakers recognize that winning in the preseason means nothing when they have goals of getting back mm. into the postseason. So this gives Anthony Davis a good stretch of time leading up to the season opener on Tuesday against Golden State Warriors. They don't expect him to have any limitations in that one. Just give him some rest now. Okay, so tonight this is precautionary. We will not see Anthony Davis. Dave, thank you so much. Woj, please do not go too far. In the meantime, let's go way back to November 28th, 2008. The Thunder, the Timberwolves in OKC. Russell Westbrook, he comes off the bench for the last time of his career. He played 34 minutes, had 15 points, but the Thunder lost because Mike Miller, he hit that game winning shot. So Russ has started in 1,004 consecutive regular season games. That's the third longest active streak only behind Chris Paul, who started in every game in his career. And then you have LeBron James, who started in every game since 2007, as you can see on their screen there. So back with Zach, Cheney, and Perk. Zach, since you've been calling for this, I want to start with you here. Why do you, Zach Lowe, the host of the wildly successful Low Post podcast, think that this is the right decision <laughs> for the Lakers? Look, it's, ve it's very simple. Whether Anthony Davis is the five or the four, LeBron James might be the greatest player of all time with the ball in his hands. You cannot take the ball out of LeBron's hands to accommodate a lesser player. Russell Westbrook just isn't very useful off the ball. He doesn't cut much. He doesn't move much. He's a non-shooter. He has never bought into the idea that he's going to be a screen setter for LeBron, which is what a lot of us hoped would happen when this trade happened, sending Russ to the Lakers. I just don't see another solution to this, no matter, again, whether AD is the five or the four. This is the best move for the Lakers, and it's the best move for Russ. It's the only way that Russ can salvage this run in L.A. It's the only way he can be Russell Westbrook, mm. turbocharged engine up and down the court, attacking the rim without worrying about giving up the ball or giving up the offense. This has been the best move all along, and it's about time that they had it. Even though this is just preseason, we'll see what happens when the real games start. Turbocharged engine. I love it. I love the energy Zach's bringing today. But, but today, <laughs> this is something that we haven't seen this since I was about to be bought mitzvahed and you were in 10th grade, right? So, so, right? So, so why do you think that this is the right move for the Lakers? I think with the league so stacked with contenders, this allows the Lakers to play to their strengths. And Woj alluded to it, allows Russell Westbrook individually to play to his strength, with the, which is pace, speed, and athleticism. The Lakers, before Russell Westbrook joined the team, were 20 first in pace. When Rush joined, they jumped to seventh. That's one guy changing the entire identity. Now you let him do that with his own unit. And I think the second aspect of this, the basketball way, is exactly what you talk about. LeBron James with the ball in, the ball in his hand is, is the greatest, you know, arguably of our generation. Mm. Speaking to us, Bat Mitzod in 10th grade. Uh, 
we saw in the preseason, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Anthony Davis started, and he was really productive. Both of those guys, double-doubles when they played inside out with AD. Now, maybe LeBron James is a first sub out. Mm. You bring in Russ, maybe AD gets a little bit more run, and you have that versatility with AD for AD to play outside in with Russ. So it gives them more versatility, allows Russ to play, you know, to his strengths and the Lakers to have an opportunity to compete with a lot of the juggernauts of the West. Kendrick, you have a really unique vantage point on all of this. You and Russ were teammates for parts of five seasons. So what do you view this opportunity as for him? Well, you know what? It's a it's a reality check. And I don't disagree with 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 uh with Zach. I don't disagree with Sinead. But this is, let's look at the overall picture for as Russell Westbrook in his career, right? And the path that is going down. He has to this is an opportunity for him to change the narrative about that he is he can't be a piece or a missing link on a title contender. And when I say that, meaning he has to be able to embrace this role, be able to take a lesser role. It's no knock on what Russell Westbrook has done for the game of basketball. He's a future Hall of Famer. But it comes to that point where you have to face reality and say, you know what? I'm not the player that I used to be. That don't mean that Russell Westbrook is not a – that don't mean that he's some type of scrub. He still is a hell of a basketball player. He's just not who he was when he was winning the MVP and putting up those triple-doubles, and that's okay because right now the league is on notice, and every general manager is talking, every general manager is watching to see if Russell Westbrook could buy into taking a lesser role. So this is not just good – this is not just a, a, a thing for the Lakers and for Russ. This is for his overall career. And me, the love that I have for Russell Westbrook as a brother, him being the father of one of my, of one of my, the godfather of one of my children, I got nothing but love for him, but this is reality. We all face it at some point of our careers where we have to take a lesser role and we have to, you know, face reality. And this is where he's at with it right now. Well, let's bring Adrian Wojnarowski back into the conversation because I, I think the natural question for a lot of fans is, is this a precursor for anything else? Woj, does this impact at all Russ's future with the Lakers? Yeah, Malika, the, the Lakers uh, at some point here will start engaging teams again on possible Russell Westbrook trades. They, they paused it essentially uh, at the start of training camp, um, and I think you know, typically most teams, it gets a little quiet here as teams are putting their rosters together, making their cuts, and then seeing what it looks like playing preseason games. And certainly, you know, there's an opportunity here for Russell Westbrook uh, to, to get integrated with his group and that second union, second unit, uh, it seems. Uh, but I think ultimately the Lakers still armed with those two first-round picks, future first-round picks, uh, and Westbrook's expiring contract, you know, would like to go out and improve this team, certainly before the trade deadline. And I think you could expect them to start canvassing again at some point once the regular season starts. Interesting. So we will definitely be keeping an eye on that. Woj, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Coming up next, we're going to head to the dark side because John Morant, he is no stranger to making highlight plays. But just wait until you see what he did last night. Morant. Takes it away. Ooh, oh, goes behind ooh, the back and slams it. That's insanity. He hit him with the behind the back. Whoopsie. You reach, I teach. Now let's talk about the play of the week. 
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Standing five foot seven, Spud Well. Oh my goodness! A perfect four on fifty. Woo! Just reminded over and over again that the guy is five seven. Welcome back to NBA Today. Shanae, can you believe that we are just four days away? We better get our sleep. I know. Hey, (laughs) let's take a trip instead. You want to go to the dark side with me? Always. Let's do it because John Morant, he was in action last night. The Pistons, they were hosting the Grizzlies. John Morant, he was doing a little bit of everything for the Grizzlies. Watch him convert defense to offense, gets the block on Jaden Ivey, and gets the finish in transition. I mean, this guy dunks left, right, and center, but here, finishing through contact. This guy is afraid of nobody, nobody, baby. Takes a little contact and one side. Gotta love that as well, but importantly, this is why the Grizz have to take the step forward this year because John Morant understands if he's going to be MVP, which a lot of people say he could be, he's going to have to make sure his team wins and spreading the wealth is important. Well, and he would finish with four assists. And, uh, like, where were you when you saw this? Like, what? Incredible. Not many people can do this. This is a spectacular. This is the dark side. This is the guy that has captivated the MVP, the MVP, the NBA, a year ago. Well, this is just a portion of what makes him so special. He really was. I said he was everywhere last night. I mean everywhere. But look, I love this because I've got a whole breakdown for you. John Morant at 6'3", led the league last year in points to the paint. How does he get it done? Well, check this out. Normally, you pass to your post to your cutter, but instead, pump fakes and finishes at the rim. Not many guys do that. Takes a lot of boldness. And again, in transition, I mean, just check out this finish. Unreal. It felt like we had four, five, six highlight plays. The reason why he could be MVP is just like this. He scintillates the entire NBA, he gets his team to win, and most importantly, they are transforming Memphis in real time. Look at just how much better John Morant has gotten in his three years in the league. He increased his points, rebounds, three-point shooting each season. One most improved player after putting up 27-6 and six last year. But it feels wrong to go to the dark side without Kendrick Perkins. So, Big Perk, I- I'm just looking at John Morant's numbers last year. What are you expecting from him in the Grizzlies this season? You said Malika. Hey, what they be saying is up there and it's stuck there. Look, when you talking <laughs> about John Morant, listen, we this shouldn't surprise us, okay? We should know that this guy is going to be in the MVP conversation 
if not winning MVPs in the near future. And I'm talking about right now. Forget the near future right now. Look, it's nothing he can't do. Mm. When you talk about being a floor general, he could do that. When you talk about scoring uh, uh, with the best of them, he proved that he could do that. The thing that I love the most about John Morant is his tenacity on the defensive side of things and also the swag that he brings to the court. When you have a guy like this, a leader, and you're on the road and you're getting off the bus, you're walking with a certain type of swag because you know you've got 12 mm. coming in to save the day, and 12 is going to bring the same dog mentality night in and night out. Look, I haven't been talking about him a lot throughout the offseason because I don't feel the need to. I told the world about him last year, and my expectations in the bar are still high for the number 12. I already told people, listen, the skill set of a Kyrie Irving with the athleticism of a Russell Westbrook and the court vision of Rajon Rondo. Oof. What else you going to get? John Moran. Well, guess what we're going to get, Big Perk? What's that? John Morant joining the show right here on NBA Today <laughs> next week. Thanks, Big Perk. We have seen the highlight plays. I mean, the show-stopping dunks, the flashy passes, insane handles. But, Zach, there is so much more that makes John Morant incredible. I know you were looking at some things specifically. What is that? Yeah, look, John Morant can get into the lane anytime he wants. He can dunk over people a foot taller than him anytime he wants. He could chase points. He could chase stats. But my favorite thing about John Morant is instead of playing like that, he empowers his teammates. Mm. He brings them along with him, and he's active off the ball. If we can go to the tape, we just have a little sort of John Morant highlight. Here he is. He's got the ball. You don't see a lot of point guards who come into the league with his star power at his age who are good cutters. It's one of the reasons why he can finish alley-oops. He's one of the rare point guards to do that. And he doesn't just cut to score. Here he gives the ball up, lean, Get the defense leading. Cut down the middle. This is a cut to get somebody else open. That's how you get teammates to want to play with you. When you play for your teammates, not just outside of them. And here on a fast break, we know how fast he is. He could go one on three right here. Instead, he says, you know what? Let me slow down. Let me bring my teammates with me. Where's my trailer? There's Desmond Bain. Easy basket. Those are the kind of plays that make him a superstar, a guy who sets the culture for his team, a guy that makes players want to play with him, want to buy into the little things like defense and rebounding that really drive winning, that keep a team happy and united. That is superstar stuff as much as the dunks and the alley-oops and all the cool stuff that makes SportsCenter every night. Zach, I love it. And we know John Morant. What he wants in this situation is not just the individual stats, not just the individual accolades. He wants the Memphis Grizzlies to win. And currently, he's seventh in the MVP odds at 14-1. to 1. That's according to Caesar Sportsbook. Behind Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, KD, and back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic. Let's go to the player that went ahead of Jaw in the 2019 draft, Zion Williamson. Zion will miss the Pelicans' final preseason game against the Atlanta Hawks tonight in Birmingham. Williamson did not participate in the team shoot-around today, and while the Pelicans upgraded his injury from ankle soreness to a sprain, our Andrew Lopez reports that there isn't a major concern here. He's considered day-to-day, and the organization is hopeful that he'll be able to play in their season opener on Wednesday against the Nets. So, Cheney, Zion, he recently told Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated that he's going to, quote, show the world things in his arsenal that they've never seen before. What 
is left. I don't know what that is. <laughs> What's in the bag that you're looking for? Like there's fries at the bottom, as Mark Jones would say. I would prefer more of like an Anthony Davis type of goal oh. that I want to play in every game, you know, especially for a player that's been dealing with the nicks and knacks and some injuries. But I do like the confidence for Zion because if he's healthy, he's confident and he's speaking that way, even though sometimes you got to take it with a little dose of reality. Mm. But um, I think, you know, we just came off of talking about John Morant, how he led the NBA in points per game in the paint. I think he has competition with Zion. Ooh. When healthy, his efficiency at the rim, and again, I always say this, ad nauseum, I love the fact that you don't have to want to play for him for him to get 20 points. Mm. I'm looking at the Pelicans this year. Not only did they have some momentum going into the play into the playoffs, but then now they can build off of that having Zion available, and maybe they'll have multiple all-stars. And I'm like, okay, I like this. B.I., I feel like, is poised to take another step forward. Yep. You've got Zion as an all-star, potentially. You always have to put C.J. in that category as well. Like, if they win, they have themselves in really great positioning, and it starts with the health and availability of one Mr. Williamson. Absolutely. I was down in New Orleans, as you know, on media day, and it just seemed like Zion was in a different mental mm. space. He is focused, and Willie Green said that he's going to continue to get treatment this weekend, and as I mentioned, all signs are pointing to him being available for that opener. But... If they want to come out of the West, they're going to have a little bit of competition. It starts with dethroning the Golden State Warriors. And still to come on NBA Today, Draymond speaks about his relationship with Jordan Poole and his future in the Bay. Plus, our latest installment of Tim Legler's Difference Makers, it takes us to Atlanta. DeJounte Murray, is he the missing piece the Hawks needed? And guess what else? Miami Heat legend, Donis Haslam. He is joining the show live. We ask him why this Heat team shouldn't be slept on. All of that and more. Are they ever? Right back. Never. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Season's back. We're on a hopefully another nine month journey. What the hell are we playing for? So three, one, two, three. It's gonna be a long process. It's gonna be a long season, but it starts now. Two thousand years long, we will never settle. Hard days, no way with a heavy Can you get us a sneak preview of what you're gonna be bringing us this year? You'll see on opening night. <laughs> have 100 games in front of us. The best player in the world is the last man standing. Three-pointer. And it all starts on Tuesday. For those who watched the show yesterday, we were waiting for Draymond Green to address his suspension for the first time since returning to the Warriors. But two two hours after we signed off, Draymond, he finally took the podium, where he spoke about how the team will move on and his future with Golden State. As far as us moving forward, uh, Jordan's a professional. I'm a professional. Um, We have a job to do. Uh, We both have experienced a lot of winning over the course of our lives and we know what that takes 
And so we're going to do just that. We had our conversations about what we needed to do moving forward, and we're going to do that. Uh, you know, we're not going to continue to hold on to the past. Um, doesn't mean, you know, people don't have feelings towards what happened or a situation, but we do all have goals, uh, individual goals, team goals, and, and we understand what needs to be done in order to reach those, and that's what's our focus. My general view of the future here is I'm here this year trying to win a championship. Uh, I have a contract that ranges through next year. Um, if I so choose to pick up that option, and that is my view of how it'll be here. As far as what I think of a contract or an extension, we started the season, uh, or starting the season, we started camping, and I spoke on that at the very beginning and said I don't think we'll do an extension. Uh, quite frankly, that doesn't mean that I won't be back here. I just don't think we'll do an extension this year. I don't like to let contract drama linger, especially when it's, you know, when it's, um, when it's involving me. We've seen LeBron James have contract situations. We've seen Steph Curry have contract situations. Um, and they handle it, you know, and, and they handle it the way it's supposed to be handled. My contract is what it is. I have two years left on my deal, including this year. And I am a Golden State Warrior trying to win another championship in this organization. That's what it is for me. That's not something that I'm going to harp on all year. For more on Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors, we're joined by our reporter, Kendra Andrews. So, Kendra, now that Draymond is back, how is Golden State moving forward? Yeah, Malika, well, like Draymond said, the Warriors don't want to hold on to the past. It's about going about business as usual, which is why Draymond is going to play tonight against the Denver Nuggets in their preseason finale. And he should play what a normal preseason load is for his caliber player. But I asked Draymond yesterday, look, how do you rebuild the trust with your team that you lost in order to move forward? And he said, I don't even think trust is the right word being used here. Mm. Instead, he said, it's about camaraderie, just making sure that we can get along and play together on the court. So then I asked him, well, how is that camaraderie right now? And he said, it's one of our strengths to our core, and it's not going to get shaken by an incident like what happened. But Malika, as far as a personal relationship with Jordan Poole goes off of the court moving forward, Draymond said, look, I have no idea that's going to be up for Jordan to decide. And Malika, we have not spoken to Jordan Poole since before the altercation. Kendra, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. The Warriors, they have Clay and Draymond under contract only for a couple more seasons. You can see it here. Green can opt out after this upcoming year. However, Steph, he is signed all the way through 2026. So let's bring Zach Cheney and Perk back into this conversation. And Cheney, I think we've heard this <laughs> sentiment a lot here that we see this a lot. This isn't that uncommon. We see altercations. We see scuffles a lot, but not necessarily that have risen to this level. But you actually have experienced that. Yeah, and hoops, shoves happen all the time. Mm. Even sometimes punches happen, but not to the level of the Draymond Green video that we saw. Like, that is very rare. And I was on a team where I saw a punch happen that was mm. on the Draymond Green level. And I would like to first say that, like, the teammates that were too involved, I love them to death. Like, they, those are my people. But this is what happened thereafter. 
there was a punch that happened between two of my teammates. Immediately, the teammate that punched the person was sent home. Our team was reeling, and we had a team meeting where we all expressed our feelings. And similar to the Warriors, we said, we don't want to be responsible in dictating a decision. We leave that to management. Now, that's when it comes down to two decisions. Hmm. Do you care about basketball strategically because your job is to win championships for your team? Or do you care about the team morale and the standards that you set internally moving forward just as human beings? And in this instance, we went with basketball, meaning the player that did actually punch was arguably a better basketball player and things reconciled down the road but eventually one of those two parties got traded and so it's very rare that you see that you can maintain a system of chemistry when something this jarring happens for a team so when I look at the situation the Warriors have one of those rare rare locker rooms where you feel like they can get through it but at some point I said it's not the tide uh, it's not the you know huge wave of the move that happened in all the news and everything happening with Draymond Green it's actually the ripple effect that when you're in game 70 and things aren't going your way, will this creep up and really bite you in the end? Thank you for sharing that. No, I agree. And, and, and look, to go a step further, think about this. When you go on the road, we talk about how emotional right Draymond is as a player, and Jordan Poole showed those same emotions. He's a passionate guy on the floor. Um, he's a noise talker in a great way um, for us when he's going against other opponents. Um, but, but when I'm thinking about the situation, listen, it's going to be hard for him to get his swagger back. It's going to be hard for him to go out there and be able to be the best version of himself, playing with that passion and talking noise to, to other opponents. Because I'm telling you right now, mm. Richard Jefferson is not the only petty person that came, that's <laughs> like that played in the NBA. It's pettiness all across the board. So Jordan is going to have to deal with this. We talked about this, I believe, earlier in the week. When I talked about the families that's being involved, that's the key thing for me. I just want to know how is that family locker room? Because the one thing I do know, the team that I was on that won a championship, we had a, a saying of Mbutu togetherness. And the, the togetherness was not just within the players. The togetherness was with the, the wives, the moms, the children. You know, they did things together. And so when you start to think about those certain type of things, Yes, we're waiting to see if Jordan Poole is really going to is he going to forgive Draymond Green? Nobody could be mad if he don't. But what about the parents? Are they going to forgive him? Is Jordan Poole other family members going to forgive him? How did how is that atmosphere going to be? That's the concern. Yeah, Perk, you're so right. There are so many layers to this. Zach, uh, in your recent league mm -hmm. pass rankings, you wrote an article and you said, to win a title, there can be no fissures. There will be lingering tensions over what happened last week. So is this something that you think a team can work through, okay, Golden State can work through? I think they can, A, because they're just that talented and that good and they're defending champions. They've been through everything together. And this isn't the first time. It might be the worst, but this isn't the first time they've had to deal with a Draymond Green-related explosion inside the locker room. But like Perk and Shanae said, I defer to them, their players. This is unusual. This is uncommon. The level of violence, the leaking of the tape, the hurt feelings that extend beyond just the two players involved. Do the young guys still trust Draymond? The young guys who weren't with them for the first three of the four titles, do they still trust Draymond? How is it going to be when they hit adversity? But look, this is, this is the NBA at the highest level. It's hard to win when any little thing is going on with your team. And the Warriors have done nothing but win in Draymond Green's career. He's one of the great winners 
in the recent history of the sport with Steph and Clay. And it just stinks that he's coming toward the end of his contract. Is he thinking maybe my role in this dynasty that I helped build is starting to come to an end? Because these guys, just as neutral fans, yeah. as neutral fans, what Steph, Clay, and Draymond have together, it's like why we watch sports. It's just a chemistry. They don't even need to talk on the court. They can make a million different reads like this. And as a neutral fan, you root for guys like that. They should all finish their career together as Warriors. That's how it should be. Yeah. And I just, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But big picture, yeah, they're, the competition at the top of the West is stiff and nothing can go wrong. It's going to be interesting to see because the Warriors, they have just been the ultimate winners, at least of, of my NBA fandom. Um, but you know who's also an ultimate winner? Chenea Gumake, Zach Lowe, and Kendrick Perkins. The man who is joining us next. It is the three-time champ, Miami Heat forward, Udonis Haslam. He is joining the show. We're going to talk about all about what motivates him to keep playing. Do not miss that. There he is. We will be right back. Hey, UD. How you doing? Welcome in a legend, a three-time champion, the Miami OG himself, Udonis Haslam. UD, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Thank you, Malika. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because you're entering your 20th season, age 42, and our Izzy Gutierrez, <laughs> he recently <laughs> wrote a story, and he quoted you saying, I'm not an effing charity case. I'd be the first one to get out of here if I couldn't do it anymore. I'm not going to get my ass kicked by little guys every day. Why did you decide to return this year? Um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, it was a conversation that I had with my father who passed away last year. And, um, you know, we talked about finishing it a certain way and we wanted to do it together. And that's not the case, but I'm going to continue on, you know, that process. And, you know, secondly, um, we came close and we didn't quite get it done. Um, that still burns in me. And thirdly, um, I embody everything about this culture, you know, who we are, what we are. Um, you see a team that goes one shot away from the finals with eight undrafted basketball players. Mm. Um, nobody ever really thought we would go that far. Um, and every year I continue to get it done. I continue to move the needle. If I couldn't move the needle, if I wasn't impacting winning, um, then that would be a different case. But every year I impact winning, every year I move the needle. And just because it's not how someone else thinks it should be, doesn't mean that I'm going to change the way I'm doing it. We're still winning games. We're still one shot away from the finals last year. I love that. Our Kendrick Perkins has talked about you as the toughest player in the NBA. And, and the debate shows, I think there's this constant chatter about whether or not the NBA is as tough or softer than it used to be. To you, how do you look at that debate and where the Miami Heat fit? Um. I mean, I think you talk about tough, um, you know, nasty. Um, I don't think teams really like to play us. I mean, we, we really bring it every night. Um, that doesn't guarantee we're going to win every night, but without bringing it, I don't think you have a chance. So we really bring it every night. I think um, we get up under people's skin. We compete definitely on the defensive uh, end of the ball. We try to set the tone there first. But um, 
it's a different ball game. I mean, it's a lot more free, a lot more, you know, shots going up threes. When I was playing, I was playing with guys like Derek Coleman, mm. you know what I'm saying? Those guys like that, like, yeah, you'll get your block knocked off down there a little bit, playing around. So it was a different era back then. So I continue to have fun. I'll be ball, um, but I don't smile too much. I don't play too many games. <laughs> you don't smile too much except for when you join us, which, which I so appreciate. It was two years ago this week that you, that I, left the NBA bubble. Can you tell me a little bit about the way that you viewed the NBA bubble, what you did, the environment you created? I mean, for my guys, I, walking into that situation, I just knew you. we had to beat the bubble first. I think most teams weren't going to beat the bubble mentally. I, I saw guys frying chicken, you know, having barbecues, playing pity pat. I'm saying to myself, I ain't going to try to make this like home. This ain't home. Um, so I just tried to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I slept on the couch, which was crazy. Um, I was eating Campbell's soup. I had a little shot of Hennessy. Yeah, I did have a little Hennessy. But outside of that, I mean, I was really just living, you know, like, like, you know, um, just very, very uncomfortable. I didn't let my guys see me talking to anybody. I didn't speak to Braun until we played in the finals. I literally was passing by people in the hallway and really wasn't speaking to anybody because I just wanted my guys to know that I was just setting the tone that, first and foremost, man, it's not home. So mm-hmm. let's not get comfortable. Let's not act like it's home. Let's just set the tone right now and get uncomfortable. And I read that the Jimmy Butler joined you in setting that tone. What are you tasking him with this year? I mean, me and Jimmy are just alike. I see so much of myself in Jimmy. Um, you know, we play the game with a controlled rage. Um, and every now and then, that, that controlled rage gets uncontrolled. Um, but um, we made coffee together. You know, we really bonded, uh, have barista classes. You know, so I'm a pretty good coffee guy. I ain't paying $20 for the coffee that everybody was paying above. I ain't doing that. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were so similar. We play one-on-one every day before every game is what people don't know, like, what people saw that night, and that's just a every Tuesday in Miami with me and Jimmy. Like, we bump heads every day. It's competition, you know what I'm saying, at the highest, highest level. And that's another way I know I can still stick around. If I can go up there and I can compete with Jimmy Butler, which people see what he's able to do in the finals, then I know I can still stick around and play this game. I think you may be the first person I've ever heard that didn't get charged the $20 for a Jimmy Butler cup of coffee. I want to bring Janae. I was smart. See, there you go. I want to bring Janae Agumake, Kendrick Perkins, and Zach Lowe into this conversation and hand it off to Zach first. Thank you, Donis, Zach Lowe. Um, look, you guys always seem to fly a little bit under the radar. You lost P.J. Tucker in free agency and all every preview of the Eastern Conference is Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. Do you like kind of flying under the radar? And, and how concerned are you about that loss of P.J. Tucker? Do you guys still think you can be a top three, top five defense without him? Most definitely, most definitely. I think when you look at what we always do here is we always figure it out. You know what I'm saying? We go out and we find those diamonds in the rough. We find those guys that people have maybe overlooked. Um, you know, people probably didn't give the chance that they deserved. And um, those guys end up being key contributors to us. So I look at a guy like Caleb Martin, who's going to have an opportunity to step up. Um, we have opportunities where we can go and move Bam to the fourth. So we have a lot of different situations we can do. Definitely going to miss PJ, his leadership, um, you know, the veteran that he was. Um, but this, 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 the kennel here for real, for real. Like we don't just talk that we about that. So we got guys that's going to come out and compete every night, no matter what. And that's why I think heat culture is something that's bigger than even basketball itself. It's just the mentality. Hey, UD, it's your girl, Chanel Gumake. And I just, you know, as a current basketball player like yourself, <laughs> we have this idea of, like, you want to play until the wheels fall off. And that's yeah. why I admire you because you're entering your 20th season. So when you look back at all of the seasons that you played, what is the first most prominent moment that comes to your mind? Oh, man. I would say the, the first moment was um, – 
you know, it was a heat practice that um, nobody really knows about. Um, so there was a shot. We're in a drill, and it's just a it's just a competition drill. It's just the shot goes up. Um, I chase the ball to half court. I'm the only guy that chases the ball to half court. Rouse looks at me. He says, "Why didn't you stop?" And I say, "Well, I didn't hear the whistle." And it was one of those weird things where I thought I did something wrong. You know, when Riley gave you that look, when the Godfather gave you a sudden look, you're like, "Dang, what I done did?" You know, I'm out of here. I'm already undrafted. I don't want to blow this. And um, he looked at me. He said, right. "You didn't stop." He said, "All." He said, "He said never stop." That's what he told me. He said, "Never stop." After that, he just said, "Never stop." And that was a key moment in my career where I just, I just never stopped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just never stopped. Mm-hmm. Park. UD, the OG. Hey, look, I don't have Big questions hurt. for you, man. I just want to give you your flowers and tell you, man, how much I appreciate you because we came in the, came into the league together, same draft class, and, man, I watched you get uh, come in undrafted. I watched the grind. I remember watching clips of you and D. Wade on the track, getting it in in the summertime, mm-hmm. working your mm-hmm. way to the starting lineup, going to the bench, sacrificing the things to that nature when they had – uh, when y'all had Alonzo and y'all had Shaq working your way back in through the whole journey, you know, everything that you've done for the Heat culture and transitioning yourself to being that veteran leader, that veteran locker room, that enforcer, that extension of Eric Spolcher and staying in great shape, man. You going on 20 years. Here I am right now, 100 pounds overweight, started my new career. And people don't understand that is not easy to do. Mentally, you have to come in and be locked in. Mentally, you have to know that you're coming in and you're to a greater hole and put yourself last majority of the time. And I think you're setting a great example for a lot of the young guys who are in the league and, or, or, or should I say coming up on the tail end of their career, how to accept the new role that you have and get every single thing out of this game before you actually walk away from it. And I want to applaud you for that. Well, I appreciate that, Big Perk, man. Thank you, man. You, you're you 100 pounds overweight, but I've been watching you now. You got the Frenchie game on lock. You're doing your thing with the Frenchie. So you, de- you definitely still you st- you definitely working out here now. You ain't just sitting on your butt now. You're getting it done. So I appreciate that, man. But, but for me um, – I mean, these guys keep me going, too. I think it's bo- it goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? These guys push me, and they challenge me mm-hmm. every day. And they let me know, all right, no, OG, you're losing a step. And, boy, I lose sleep at night when they say stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, for me, uh, it goes both mm-hmm. ways. I appreciate that they appreciate me and that they value what I say. But I got to bring it every day for them to respect what I say. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If they're not going to respect me, if I can't keep up. They're not going to respect me if I can't compete. They're not going to respect me if I'm last in the drill. It don't work like that. So every year, people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Every year, we got new guys coming in. I got to earn that respect all over again. They don't know me from Adam's house cat. They just know what they heard. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, when they <laughs> right. get here, they're surprised about what I still They're surprised about what I still can do because, mm-hmm. like I say, I always say, I'll show you better than I can tell you. Udonis, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Real mm-hmm. quick, who's coming out of the East this year? And us. What you mean? Like, what you talking about? I mean, there you go. That's how I always feel. Yes, sir. Udonis Haslam, thank you yeah. so much for joining us here on NBA Day. We cannot wait to watch you in your 20th <laughs> season. Coming up, we're going to stick in the East. Does the addition of all star DeJounte Murray make the Hawks a contender? Tim Legler is going to break it down. Keep it locked. We will be back. Breaking news here, the Hawks backcourt just got a serious 
upgrade. Uh, uh, uh. One of the most significant personnel moves in the offseason has to be the Atlanta Hawks acquisition of DeJounte Murray. These are the reasons I believe he will be a difference maker. He's good at everything, like defense. He brings an all-defensive caliber guard who will allow Trey Young the luxury of defending the weaker of the opponent's guards. Rebounding. Murray can finish off defensive possessions as one of the top rebounding guards in the league, and he will then use his speed on those rebounds to trigger the Hawks' transition game. Great pass. Playmaking. Finally, DeJounte Murray's playmaking and vision paired with Young's unlimited shooting range will create a nightmare for opposing defenses trying to protect the paint against Murray's attacking style while also being able to recover to the three-point line to contest the Hawks' shooters. Oh, baby! This is unbelievable! He's really good at everything, so I mean, it's going to be fun. It'll be an exciting year. For all of the dimensions DeJounte Murray brings to the Hawks on both ends of the court, I see him being a big difference maker in Atlanta. Shout out who? It's a birthday boy. Well, what's his name? Kwaku, baby! Kwaku, baby! Happy birthday. Thank you so much for all the work you've done on the Difference Maker series this week. Wait, this he doesn't just work with me? What? Kwaku, I know. Baby. I'm sorry to break that to you, Chanae. Uh, Chanae. Grambling yeah. State University and Southern University men's basketball programs. They've been selected to play in the NBA HBCU Classic 2023. The NBA announced that today. The matchup, it'll take place on Saturday, February 18th in Salt Lake City as a part of the NBA All-Star Weekend. The second NBA HBCU Classic will be simulcast on TNT, ESPN2, and NBA Today. And coming up on NBA Today, excuse me, NBA TV, coming up on NBA Today, we're going to get you into the best of the week. Might, might this make the cut. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Oh my gosh. For the win. Get it. They do have a Oh yeah. Oh, that follow through, sis. I can't believe y'all. Y'all are sneaky. That was beautiful. Perfection. <laughs> Today, I'm Malika Andrews. Hi. Oh, we're on television. Hello. My fault. Oh, oh, oh. oh. DeAndre Ayton. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Takes the beat and hammers it all. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a difference-making player. I don't look at Brunson's acquisition as a difference maker. Look at this twist behind the back. Pretty finish. I was so pretty. The word is jelly. Chris Crow. Everybody clap your head. <laughs> Our friends at NFL Live decided to chime in. Are you on an offer now? Call 1-800-PERT. Oh, no, y'all, y'all, y'all <laughs> shady. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> y'all. We'll be right back. a good week it here was. on NBA Today. Happy Friday to everyone and it is especially happy Friday in the NBA because next week the regular season begins. We will see you Monday. NFL Live is coming up next.